0: If you've experienced the cycle of toxic relationships and you're sick and tired of feeling stuck, sad, and lonely, now is the time to heal and create your best life. In this podcast, you'll hear world-class toxic relationship recovery expert Stephanie McPhail sharing the support, guidance, and tools you need so you can be truly happy whether you're single or in a relationship. She is the real deal. I should know. She's my wife. Here's your host, Stephanie.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Toxic Love Transformation. I'm your host, Stephanie McPhail. And today I have an amazing guest named Carla Romo. Carla Romo is a certified dating and relationship coach, author of Contagious Love, Break Free from Codependency for Damn Good, speaker and podcast host. At age 24, she hit a rock bottom when she found herself in another toxic codependent relationship and then a cycle of burnout from her TV career in Hollywood. But this time she got up and learned how to break free from codependency and get out of burnout. Inspired by her self growth journey, she took lemons and made lemonade. Today, she helps people push through their BS, their blind sides, so they can thrive at any stage of their love life. Carla, thank you so much for coming on with us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, you were in Hollywood and you were dating
0: not good people? Is this <laughs> I mean, that tracks with Hollywood, right? <laughs> if, you, if you really want to put it that way. I mean, yeah. That's yeah, true. right. Yes. Yes. It was, it was, I was living in LA and I had a career in television and I also, you know, which was a, t- a toxic relationship within itself. And then I also found myself in toxic codependent relationships with men. And I realized like through doing a lot of work on myself that, oh, I'm codependent. And then I had to do a lot of that unraveling work, you know, where you're like, where is this coming from? Oh, it's coming from childhood. And once I was able to kind of work through that piece, then it it put me on as of what I call my self-love, self-growth journey. And that's really how I broke free from codependency.
1: So what really made you decide that? I mean, I think that a lot of I mean, for, for a lot of people, they hear like television Hollywood and they're like, oh, my God, she's at the top of her game. Like things are going so well for her. Did things go bad and then you were like, oh, I need to change this? Or like, how did that that
0: decision come about? So, you know, insanity doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. That was me with dating. So I was, you know, look, I was codependent. I'll tell you from the very beginning of when I was really little, my father was abusive and he left when I was really little. So I was raised by a single mom and I had my sisters And as a result, like I never felt worthy. I never felt like I was enough. I just felt unlovable like that. But I didn't know this. This wasn't this conscious piece. So what I would try to do is I would try to find boyfriends from a very young age. Like, I'm not kidding. Like we're talking like preschool. I I cried because somebody didn't like me. Like the boy didn't like me in preschool. Right. And so even elementary school, I had boyfriends. Middle school, I had boyfriends. You know, high school, I had boy. Like I always was looking for that validation Through these boys. And then when I became an adult, I was still looking through (laughs) looking for that validation through men and it led me to unhealthy relationships. So I really hit this like breaking point with myself. I had done a lot of therapy and at that point I kind of like, I always say it's like two steps forward, one step back. So I recognized I was codependent, but I got into this relationship with this person and it was abusive and I didn't really recognize it at that time. And I, I still was feeling very like so like low self-worth and self-esteem. And that's really what codependency is rooted in is like, you know, low self-esteem. I'm not lovable. I'm not enough. I need to be fixed. Therefore, I'm going to fix you so that you see that I'm lovable. So I'm going to do the instead of doing the work on myself, I'm going to do it on you. Fix all your problems and then you will see me as this like amazing person. And I realized I, you know, I kept trying to do that and it just wasn't working and wasn't working. It's weird how that doesn't work, huh? Is it? Yes. So it was really like one of those things. I was like, oh, there's a common denominator here mm-hmm. and it's me. And I just got so tired of living this way because it didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. And at this point I had done enough therapy that I, I was starting to tap into I'm worthy, I'm enough. I, I, I shouldn't put up with this shit. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I was like, I don't want to put up with this shit. And it was actually, I I had taken a break from therapy when I was in this relationship and I had called my therapist and I had said, you know, I'm trying to break up with him. He apparently was cheating on me and then created this whole like lies and stories. But as I was trying to break up with him, he told me I wasn't in the right mindset, that, that I wasn't sane. I wasn't thinking straight. This wasn't like me. And so I was like, oh no, maybe there's something wrong with me. So I called her and this is why it's good to have external resources. Yes. And she's the one that fact-checked me and was like, I'm not saying that he's a narcissist, but he has tendencies and traits as a narcissist. And this is an abusive relationship. And it was like, whoa. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, hell no, nobody's going to treat me that way. And so that's really what like sprung me into, okay, I need to get my shit together around this.
1: Well, it's amazing how they turn things around like that. I mean, and and I, I mean, I had that too. The first person who ever told me I was codependent was actually my first husband. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> right, but he was use yeah. so it to manipulate me. But, you know, it's interesting how they can take anything and just turn it around to make it our fault or to make us believe that it's our fault because we trust them. It's someone we love and we, you know, we expect them to be the ones who tell us how it is and support us and all those great things that we are, t- we think love is and then here they are manipulating us instead.
0: Yes, exactly. And that's why doing the inner work is so important because it's one of those things where you're like, whoa, hold on here. Like, I've got to trust myself. And, you know, I always say this. My gut was off in that relationship. From, from day one, the beginning, I was, I was painting red flags green. It's something I would do a lot. And I just kept telling myself, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. Until it's not. And I always say when there's red flags in the beginning of a relationship – whatever these tiny red flags are, they are going to get massive and really big. And it's most likely going to be the reason you end up breaking up with the person or they break up with you. But I saw these red flags. I, I, in my gut, I knew it was wrong. And so it was really a practice also of like learning to trust myself because I never really trusted myself.
1: Why do you, why do you think you didn't trust yourself? Do you think that's related to your, to your dad?
0: Absolutely. yes, I think that's yeah because if I was always questioning myself, am I lovable am I, so so there's something wrong with me, right? That's shame. There's something wrong with me. I'm defective. I'm not lovable enough, right? So therefore I can't trust myself and I need other people to tell me that I'm lovable. So if I don't even have that relationship within myself, I can't fully bring it to other relationships if if I don't have that foundation.
1: So how did you get that foundation? I mean, how did you turn things around for yourself and start to love yourself and really see who you were on the inside to your core?
0: Yeah, I did a lot of trauma therapy. So EMDR is amazing. It was really helpful for me. I I really encourage others who are struggling in past trauma or anything, you know, PTSD or anything like that to explore different trauma therapies. And EMDR especially has been really effective for me. I I went back into therapy and then I really started a self-love practice. And I started taking care of myself and I made this really a daily thing for me. So it wasn't just like, I'm just going to go to therapy once a week and then live my life. It was like, how do I incorporate a lifestyle of breaking free from codependency? Because codependency, unfortunately, you don't graduate. It's something that's a daily practice. You always have to keep at filling up your cup, you know, with self-esteem, making sure you have a full life, not being a people pleaser, putting yourself first, right? And then- being able to get that foundation. So then I could bring that to relationships and I could be a healthy partner in relationships.
1: Did you stay single for a little while as you were figuring all this out?
0: Yeah, I did. I stayed single for a little bit. And, you know, every time I've had any type of breakup. So that's the other thing. I'll tell you this as well. You know, I I had a bit of a, a, a reality check where I was like, now I've got it right. Like, (laughs) I'm not in a codependent relationship anymore and everything's going to work out. That's also codependent thinking is wanting to have that like end goal of, okay, I've made it. Everything's fine now. And I would say my behavior in that relationship, right? One after I took months off to work on myself, but the one after I would say that I was not codependent at all. I really stuck to my practices. I felt really good about myself. But the relationship ended up not working out. And so it was one of those things that I was like, this is different. This is interesting. The relationship, you you know, relationships aren't a guarantee. There's no, and, and I thought to myself, maybe there's some kind of guarantee. I do all this work. There's a payoff, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of people think that. And there was no payoff in the sense of the relationship working out and me spending the rest of my life with this person. And I can say today, many years later, that I'm, I'm grateful for the path I've gone on, but I will say that, you know, for me, that guarantee was was also another level of whoa, okay. So you can go through a breakup, it not be a codependent relationship and a relationship just not work out. And so I think here it's about the journey of breaking free from codependency and learning about myself in this process.
1: and that's what I'm actually i'm I'm hearing you and I'm reminding myself being, I'm being reminded of an interview I did with Lisa Romano actually not that long ago. And she was saying, you know, she's in a long-term relationship with her husband. And one of the things that she like almost reminds herself is either one of us could leave in any day. And that yes. doesn't mean necessarily that we're terrible people, nope. but you could, if that was, you know, we would, we have that strength inside of us and that's not abandonment. It's that person taking care of themselves. And I thought that was a really great way of looking at it. And it's kind of, you know, reminded me of what you're saying is that once you really, get filled up. And that's what we want. I mean, that's what we want with our clients and you want with course, yours yes. want us to fill ourselves up with all that. But to realize that not every relationship is toxic or terrible or whatever, sometimes it just doesn't work out. And it's not because anyone is a horrible person. It's just not the right fit for each other. And when we move on from that and allow ourselves to break free from that, we can look back like what you're saying later on and be like, oh, actually, thank goodness that didn't work out because it brought me to a way better place.
0: Exactly. Yes. And I am really big. Even in the relationship I'm in today, I recognize it's a choice to be with my partner. Mm -hmm. Like he, I don't feel this desperation. I don't feel, which I used to feel when I was codependent in these relationships. I felt like I had to make it work. Mm -hmm. The difference in this relationship, I want to make it work. Like that, you know, that it's it's a a had versus the want. And I want to make this relationship work. My partner's amazing. He is so kind and so loving and all of these things that I've been looking for in a partner, right, that I have. But I will say this, if anything were to happen where all of a sudden red flags start happening or unacceptable behavior surfaces, it's a choice for me to be in that relationship or not. And in 2022, I ended an engagement Because I started to see red flags. This person was having an affair and I didn't realize this. And it happened very quickly. Like it was like, honestly, like at the very end of the relationship, everything just started to spiral. And there was also other concerns as well that were red flags that were pretty significant aside from the affair. So it wasn't just the affair. Mm -hmm. However, I will say, though, is that that was a choice for me. Because I had done all this work on myself and continuously doing it, I was actually in a really healthy place when all of this stuff unfolded. So it wasn't like I was in this toxic, unhealthy relationship dynamic. We were breaking up or getting back together, or I didn't know if I wanted to be right. Instead, all of this happened and I thought, oh no, I'm not going to be treated this way. This is not okay this person broke a promise in the relationship, made an executive decision on both of our behalfs without my consent, and this isn't part of the deal. So I don't want this anymore. So, you know, I think what's important here is that you don't have to play into the toxicity. I could have if I really wanted to, I could have tried to get him back or what, you know, whatever all this chaotic dysfunctional stuff, but it just I don't have the energy for that anymore. Well,
1: and I think it's interesting too, is that I, and I I like that you just said energy for it. We, many of us who have been down this road, we, we don't know when to let go. I I always say we're like pit bulls. We just hold on and we don't know when to let go. Yes. And there's this, there's this fear or fear avoidance. Mm. So, or pain avoidance, I should say. So here, like in this situation where maybe old you would have tried to fight for the relationship and push it and whatever, yep. even though there might've been a part of you that was sad that yeah. it was ending, you didn't listen to that sadness and say, I should fight for this relationship because the part of you that knew it was sad, felt that feeling, Then tell me your perspective, but felt those feelings, knew there was sadness, but also knew that staying in there was not going to make the sadness go away.
0: Yeah, I made a promise to myself that I would never abandon myself again for any relationship. And that's really like the healing in my codependency is I've got my back. I trust myself. And I never felt like my gut was off in that relationship ever. But all of it was a very vivid moment. I was actually flying back from Spain and I just had this really weird gut feeling. And I had to check with myself and I was like, Carla, lean into it. And so when I got back, I leaned into it. I didn't run away. I used to run away from that gut feeling. I used to try to find every excuse or push it away or whatever. There was no running. And so this commitment I made to myself, actually, I'm really grateful I went through this experience because it showed that, one, I'm not codependent, right? That I am healthy, that I love myself. And most importantly, I can trust myself. And I have that trust to take care of me. I'm not coming from a place of little Carla- you know, the I don't, I'm not lovable, that I'm not enough. But yes, it was devastating. Yes, it was traumatic. I mean, I'm not, I, I can't sit here and say, oh, you know, it was th- so simple, whatever. Like it was traumatizing. 100%. Yeah. But I did a lot of healing around it to the point where. I actually said to my therapist when I was meeting with her she's like what goal like what what's your goal out of all of this and I said I want to be able to love again I don't want this to rob me from being able to love again and being able to be in a relationship and trust another person and the work you know that was my goal and we did the work around it and today I'm in a really trusting loving relationship
1: and that's what anyone who's listening right now I think that that point is so I really want to make sure this hits home is just because you've done the work I mean, we help people heal after divorce. And so they've lost themselves. They don't know who they are. And there's all this fear and, and disconnection and all that stuff that's going on. And we do all this work. And the, the hope is that we never fall into one of these patterns again. But there is a reality that it is possible for it to happen. Maybe we didn't even miss red flags. Maybe that things seem really great as you're getting to know each other. And then as a the relationship continues, you realize this isn't really the right fit for me. But the big difference is, is what we once we've done that work, is that instead of sticking around and trying to force it to work because we're super loyal and we don't know when to stop, we know that we need to let go and break free from that as opposed to forcing it.
0: Yes, exactly. And I would even add to that, too, of like the fact that you can't control another person. Yeah, you can 100%. only control your side and people change you know like there are many factors of why people can change mental health drugs you know there there's things you know people maybe weren't doing drugs before and then all of a sudden are hiding it and doing drugs like i work with a lot of clients who are codependent and so their partners are drinking or using you know all of these different factors can play into somebody's personality changing and all of a sudden there's this massive shift of going on in the relationship
1: Oh sure, my my first long term relationship, he definitely had a little bit of like depression going on there, and he was a big pot smoker. But his father passed away, and that brought him over the edge. I mean, yes, then he went full force into just smoking weed twenty four seven, and it was like it completely changed everything about him because he was so he had so much guilt and shame that he had not been there more for so, so it was like. He, he didn't get to see his dad pass away. Like, it was just a really whole bad thing. Yeah.
0: And he yes. never bounced back from that. So that's exactly, that's the point. Like, exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. So if there's something that happens in somebody's life, they can change. And and like I said, it doesn't even have to be that somebody's, like, parents passing. They could just start doing drugs. And all of a sudden, their behavior has completely changed. Mm-hmm. So there's many factors here in terms of being with somebody, especially if you're in a long-term relationship. You could be with somebody. You can get one version of them for many years, the majority of the relationship, and then something else happens and all of a sudden their personality changes.
1: And that's what I think is so confusing for people is they start off, and I mean, and again, nobody starts off in a crappy relationship. I mean, (laughs) it always starts off good, I would hope. Uh, uh, Yes, right. I would hope so too, yes. It's the slow boil, right? It's the slow turning up of the heat of things changing. And like you said, whether it's just life experiences bring you in different places, or you you have kids and now one's focused on work and the other one's focused on the kids. Or again, it could be literally anything that brings you away from each other, you get to decide, is it and and with your partner, you get to decide, is this something that we can work on? Right. But you get to decide when it's time for you to end and walk away. You don't have Absolutely. to, there's there's nothing that you owe. You don't get an award at the end of your life that you were the martyr and stuck around in a crappy relationship because you were so
0: committed. You know, it doesn't help anybody for you to do that. No, it doesn't. Always choose yourself. I mean, that's really like. You know, a lot of people will say, and I think that, you know, certain religions play part into this too, of this guilt of like getting divorced or leaving or ending relationships. You should try harder. You should have put up the fight harder, you know. But at the end of the day, if it's literally costing you your sanity, your mental health, your happiness, your self worth, and the other person is not willing to be honest and come to the table and work on it together, you are in a relationship with yourself. So whether you're with that person or you're not with that person, you decide to end it. You're still with yourself in this relationship. A hundred percent. And that
1: was me my first marriage. It was, you know, I was brought up Christian and okay. thought I had to stay because I had made that promise. So I, I know that that's a big issue for a lot of people. So tell us, well, where are
0: you now? Like, how are things going for you? How are things going? Things are really good, honestly. So, okay. If anybody's sitting here, like, what the hell did she do after, you know, ending her engagement... I went, I just traveled around the world. I'm gonna say that very casually, but I did. I I did my little eat, pray, love. Um, You know, I went and lived in Mexico City for a little over a month, and I traveled to India. I went to England. I just like kind of did me. You know, I, I moved out of the city I was originally living in, I changed cities. And then I thought, you know, I'm ready to buy a condo. Like I wanna, I wanna just like move my life forward. I want to have roots for myself. A lot Mm -hmm. of people will wait to move their life forward. They'll wait to travel for that relationship, or they'll wait to buy the house because they're, you know, okay. I was. This isn't like considering with financial, you know, issues. All right. Mm -hmm. So that aside, right? But a lot of people say, oh, I, I don't think I should buy something. I'm not married, right? Like I bought a one condo apart or one bedroom condo right? And was like, that's okay. I'm going to live in it. And like whatever happens is going to happen in terms of meeting somebody or whatnot. And I took months and months and months and months off from dating. And I just focused on me. And it felt so freaking good. It felt so good. I went and visited friends and other cities because I've got friends everywhere. And it just was a really healing time for me. And I really just felt connected to me building out this new chapter in my life so I always like to say, two weeks after I came, I live in Los. Uh, um, I was gonna say Los Angeles. That was years ago. I live in Washington D.C. And when I moved here, after two weeks of living here, I, I bought my condo. Two weeks later, I met my partner on a dating app. So you know, but but I hadn't been dating a lot like crazy. I really took time just to heal, and I was so intentional about dating mm-hmm. like so intentional like I knew what I wanted I knew what I didn't want and I wasn't going to go on dates with people I'd always ask like on the dating app some guy asks me out I'd be like okay curious of what you're looking for everyone's on the apps for different reasons so I wouldn't just agree and depending on their answer it would determine whether I'd go out with them or not okay. so as I always like to say I had a baseline a bare minimum of what I was looking for so the fact that somebody could make plans, a fact that somebody wanted the same things that I did, same values, that's bare minimum. That's mm-hmm. not pedestaling them. Oh my gosh, this is great. This is amazing. This is okay, this is the type of pool, dating pool I'm going for. Yeah. So I went on I did go on a lot of dates, but I ended up, you know, two weeks after moving to DC, I ended up with my partner and it's awesome.
1: That's really there's a lot of parallels. And if anyone's listened to me before, I mean, when I sh- I, I didn't go to other countries, but I did travel cross country by myself with my jeep. I and, love that, you know, like cross country. Yeah, so- I love that. That's awesome. That's so really I, cool. Same thing. It was. I mean, I and I think that piece, you know, and I love the Carlos said that that piece is so pivotal is that time for you. What is it that I actually enjoy doing? Who am I? What do I want for myself? And being able to make those decisions for ourselves, decide, do I want to go here? Do I want to go there? What do I want to do? Do I hang out with a friend? You know, doing all of that and then getting a lot more clarity on not only who you are, but who you would potentially date. You start to refine your search so much more. That's what I call educational dating. That's where you're like, you're just dating to see like, what do I actually like? I
0: love that. I love that. Yes. You know, it's funny because I had done a lot of reflection. Look, I do the work. Like I'm, I practice what I preach in all of my coaching with my clients, dating, relationship, breakup, coaching, all of that. And I was actually really clear on what I wanted in a partnership, in a marriage, because I had said yes to somebody. So I had done a lot of work around intentionally saying, okay, this is what I want. This is what I'm looking for. So those things actually didn't really change much at all. If anything, what was really important for me was to have somebody who could meet me on my emotional intelligence. And a lot of women feel like, oh, but the guys aren't going to do that. They can't get there. I think that's bullshit. I really do. I went on many dates actually with a lot of guys who were emotionally intelligent. And I'd say my partner absolutely meets me there. Like he is extremely emotionally intelligent and we have a really... It, like our emotional intimacy is very connected because of that, and he's willing to lean into that. And I am too. But you know, I think it's it's important to intentionally date like when you're ready to find somebody and what that looks like, and to take a break if you need it in the sense of I took months off after my engagement ending because I wanted to focus on me and I just wanted to go live life. I wasn't worried about finding somebody. And even when I was dating, I wasn't worried about finding somebody.
1: But you, and your energy comes from a different place because you're not from yes. a needy, I have to find yes. someone. It's like, it'd be nice, but I'm totally cool with where I am. I'm
0: so happy. I don't need to find anybody. Exactly. Yes. And it's coming from such a confident place because I was like, I know myself. I know my worth. I want to know does he fit into my life? Not do I fit into his life? And so that mentality is what helped me as well with the dating process. And, you know, I, I was dating different types of people. I didn't have an idea of what they should look like, how it should be. I had an idea of values, of things that I wanted in the future, but I didn't have this idea of how it should look or how it should be. So I really was letting go of the expectations and really being present with it.
1: That's awesome. So okay, so what are you what are you doing now? What are the big projects that you're working on currently?
0: Hey, okay. So, there's something very exciting that I am going to be launching in the new year. So stay tuned for that. And I've got tons of different resources for anybody, everyone out there, tons around dating, red flags, biggest dating mistakes. I mean, anything that you need support around dating, check it out. And you can find it as well at I am Carla Romo on Instagram or TikTok or my website, CarlaRomo.com. Awesome. Awesome.
1: So any last final thoughts before you leave?
0: Yeah. I just want to remind everybody that the most important relationship you'll ever have is the relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. I love it.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your lessons, your hard learned lessons that you've gotten (laughs) over, you know, over the past few years. And we really appreciate you coming on and spending time with us. Um, everybody go ahead and go check out Carla's stuff, you know, go over the links are going to be in the show notes. So just check those out so that you can follow her and get all of her great advice and support. So thank you everybody again for tuning in as always. It's great hanging out with you and never forget you are way stronger than you realize. See you next episode. Bye everybody.
0: So that's it for today's episode of toxic love podcast. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your shows. One lucky listener every single week who subscribes and posts a review on iTunes will be entered for a chance to win the grand prize VIP drawing with Stephanie McPhail herself. Be sure to head on over to ToxicLovePodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Stephanie's Gift and join us next time.